I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. This week's episode is the first in our series of live interviews that we conducted while at MMA Impact. We had a great time networking with mobile marketing leaders at the event and had the opportunity to sit down with some of the attendees to talk about how they think about mobile strategy in their organization, what's working in their business, and where they think the future of mobile is headed. Today, I'm joined by Josh Crew. Josh is the VP of Marketing Communications and Interactive Platform at Crayola. He has spent the last 10 years growing brands in a variety of roles at Kraft, Dannon, and now Crayola. At Crayola, he led the relaunch of Color Wonder, developed and launched Crayola's animated characters, and also led the biggest promotional campaign in Crayola's history, retiring Dandelion and launching the new beautiful crayon color. He's also overseeing Crayola's interactive products, focusing on app development to create breakthrough kids' app experiences designed to foster digital creativity and to bring Crayola's historic brand to the mobile environment. In this episode, Josh and I talk a lot about how his career in marketing got started and how he's on a mission to unleash creativity in every single kid, the impact ever-changing consumer behavior is having on marketing, and how he balances the historic brand of Crayola that we all know and love with the need to have a digital aspect of the brand. And make sure you stick around to the end, where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about mobile differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Josh. Can you... Tell me a little bit, Josh, how you got started in digital marketing. Um, so I'd say it's funny when you ask that question because I don't know. I guess if you started marketing today, you would be starting in digital marketing, but I think it's kind of a from that place, right? Yep. Um, so I've been in marketing now for the better part of a decade. And, you know, I think when we originally started, digital was sort of like this little thing off on the side. And now it's evolved into this all-encompassing, uh, totally consuming way to connect with consumers. And so I think, I don't know that I've started in digital marketing per se, but it's evolved that way because we have to go wherever the consumers go. And certainly when you talk about kids today, you know, their media habits have completely changed. The way that they engage with products have completely changed. And so um, I think, you know, it's hard to ignore that aspect of it. But I think for me personally, at least I've kind of grown into that. Uh, from where I started in a more traditional standpoint with, you know, kind of TV and FSIs. So if you think about your career, what has been the biggest shift that you've seen happen in marketing overall? Um, aside from the media habits that I just mentioned, I think it's it's kind of the consumer behavior, right? I think the expectations of the consumer, there's certainly still a role absolutely for push marketing and reaching mass audiences, but I think that there's a desire to engage consumers in a way that uh, they are extracting way more value. I think they expect way more value from the engagements that we have with them. And so the way that we have to think about marketing is I can't just do a TV ad and reach the masses. I've got to surround them with content and things that they are engaged in. And that could be, you know, content on an Amazon page to help them find a product better that they're looking for to, you know, video content that helps them engage better with their kids. But I think as brands and as digital marketers, that, that's really the biggest push is that I, I don't just want to throw stuff at the wall anymore. I want to have things that connect with you on a one-to-one basis that's relevant to you. So when you think about mobile strategy at Crayola, how do you think about what you should do when there's so many options? Uh, so that is a tough question. I think I got to divide that question into two. You know, we can look at it from uh, part of my role is obviously digital marketing, but part of it is digital product development. So on the product development side, I think, you know, we believe in, you know, our mission is all about creativity and helping to unleash the creativity in every kid. So we're always looking at play patterns and driving and fostering that creativity and leveraging technology to do that, and specifically digital and mobile. And so there's kind of no no right or wrong place to go. I think it's wherever the creativity takes you, wherever kids want to engage, that's where we need to be. 
So that's on the product development side. On the marketing side, uh, I think it's vastly different, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you look at kids' media habits, they're changing dramatically. I mean, TV is still probably, you know, massively watched, but at the same time, how do you connect with kids? I mean, I don't know what the number is, but did they spend 2 billion hours on YouTube last year? Yeah. You know, how do we have content for kids in different places? How do we engage them in the app environment? We need to connect with kids in ways that are both meaningful and engaging to them uh, that are different than the traditional ways. And I think it's even harder, particularly in that sense, when you think about a brand like Crayola, we always want to be trusted and safe and do the right thing by kids. So it's kind of hard to reach them sometimes in the digital space. You can't do all the targeting that you might want to do. And so you have to be smart and um, embrace kind of a test and learn and experimentation uh, mentality to connect with kids in that way. So thinking about Crayola, it's such a historic brand, 100 years. How do you bridge a historic brand that everyone has grown up with, with the digital world? And I think it's funny because, especially with a, a heritage or you know an iconic brand like this, I don't like to say heritage because it's still rel as relevant today as it was a hundred years ago. But you know, I think consumer. If you look at parents that are born today, they're, they're pretty much digital natives at this point. I think kids expect that, so you sort of do have to balance out, you know, the questions that you get of are kids spending too much time with technology. I mean, the reality is that's happening. Yes. And the best thing that we can do as Crayola is to deliver them great, positive, creative experiences in the digital space. It's always, you know, the mission is always our true north. So, you know, Crayola is never kind of going to go out there and do mindless gaming. Um, but what we want to do is help kids evolve in their creativity and learn through play. And, and that's really where the brand's sweet spot's going to be. And so I think, yes, we are a little bit careful in what we do, but at the same time, we can't ignore that that's where kids and parents want to be and are being creative. I love that you said that because one of the challenges I have as a parent is screen time, yeah. right? And how do I balance screen time that's educational and creative and fun and is actually healthy mm -hmm. with like Fortnite? <laughs> I think, you know, that that's a great question. And I think even within Fortnite, I would say there is creativity There is happening, creativity, yes. Right? Like doing the dances and all that stuff. But I think um, that is a bit of a push and pull with parents. But yeah. I think... On the large part, when we talk to parents, they recognize that you know technology is not going away. The evolution of kids and technology is not going to change. So the best thing, the role that we can play as a brand is to give those good experiences that parents can feel good about because I think they are striving for that balance. And at the same time, I would say not shy away from making great physical products that empower and enable creativity that way. You know, I think there's an immense value in sitting down and drawing a picture yes. with a set of markers and crayons or doing things that are you know tactile and creative with your hands and so as a company we believe in, in all of that kind of creativity um, so there's no wrong answer to that so one of the challenges i would assume that you have is you market to both children yep. you want them to love your products and your offerings and parents at the same time so how do you balance that two totally different audiences uh, <laughs> it, it is a difficult question i think it's obviously completely different messages um, I think it sometimes depends on what the campaign might be. Okay. Um, so, for example, if you take a product like Color Wonder, which is really geared, you know, it's all about little kids having the magic of creativity but not making a mess. Um, you know, that's a, a very clear parent communication. Yes. Um, I've bought a lot of that product when my children were little. <laughs> so there you go. Exactly. So I, want, I would love, you know, we know that parents cycle in and out, right? Kids grow up and then new parents come in. And so we've got a job to do to always communicate to parents that we have products for them as their kids are going to grow, whether they're two, whether they're six, whether they're seven. I think from a kid perspective, and especially as we move into some of these new spaces, whether that's 
with toys, whether that's with writing tools, whether that's with um, the digital products that we're talking about, we've just got to find new and creative ways and, and engage them in those, in those ways. And I think we can't get away from doing both, yeah. but it's about how do you be smart about it and pick what you're going to communicate at what time. So thinking about your mobile efforts overall, and I know that you already have apps in the app stores and obviously do a lot with responsive web and mobile web. How do you think about effectiveness? How do you know what works and what doesn't work? I think that really depends on what, the, what we're trying to accomplish, right? So if we're launching an app and our, our goal is you know, installs and subscriptions, yep. there's a very clear attribution model that we're going to be looking at. If I'm trying to sell product on Crayola.com or if I'm looking at, you know, places where I can get a very clear and definitive ROAS, yep. I mean, it's a little bit easier, right? But on the other hand, I have to look at everything from, you know, we are a massive ecosystem of products and brands. So I'm looking at everything from, you know, what are my brand affinity metrics? Yep. How my, what are my engagement metrics? You know, what are my video completes? So I think it's there's no perfect answer for broader based campaigns. At the end of the day, I do want to, you know, impact kids and drive sales for the company. Yep. Uh, and I have an omni-channel perspective on sales most of the time. Um, and so I think IB Mobile is part of bigger campaign efforts, whether that's experiential, whether that's, you know, TV, digital, content, etc. So one of the, I think, exciting things that you launched, I believe last year, was Create and Play. So yep. can you talk to me a little bit about what Create and Play is for my listeners that don't know and kind of how the vision for that came together? Sure, Create and Play is uh, our new subscription app, and it's the first, um, you know, Crayola developed. We've had licensed apps in the past, but it's the first Crayola developed app that is, you know, 100% digital creativity. And really, it's it's kind of a flagship experience, and it's taking kind of all of the learnings that we've built up in creating digital and mobile products over the last 10 years, and looking at the landscape of creativity into the digital space and saying we can give kids an amazing experience here. And the way I always describe it, you know, what we're trying to accomplish is we're never going to be video games, as I mentioned before. We're also not trying to be school. We're not trying to replace mm. school. I think there are great apps out there for that. But how can we give kids good, healthy experiences that are creative? And uh, I like to look at it as learn through play. And uh, I'd say it's also built on the foundation of STEAM, yep. which is all about, uh, you know, science, technology, and arts-infused education, right? So we want to put the arts into STEM. Um, and it's built on that kind of idea of kids exploring, learning through doing, cause and effect. And so it's kind of a flagship digital experience for us. And we'd like to reach and engage as many kids as possible with it. Um, obviously, in a, in a viable model um, that lets us keep adding great content and continuing to push the boundaries on digital creativity. So we're really proud of it and uh, you know, excited to have it out there for uh, the last few months. So when you thought about wanting to create that, did you know you wanted to do an app or was it more of like our goal is to create kind of this immersive experience for children that kind of really goes to the heart of what Steam is? Like, how did you think about, how did you get to create and play as an app? You know, I think we start with what the end goal is, which is, I know that kids are engaging in technology and we want, our mission is to deliver creative experiences and raise yep. creatively alive kids. And so when you start to put those two together, you know, we kind of arrived at this this idea of, hey, you know, it's time for Crayola to really push into the digital space in a major way, in a much different way. And so it kind of evolved from saying, you know, what do you want to put in there, right? You want yeah. kind of a flagship coloring and open-ended creativity experience, but what's going to, what are kids going to love, right? Do they want to play with pets? What kind of creativity can you give them in that way? How does Crayola do learning, right? So mm. um, we believe that coding is super important, but yeah. how would Crayola help teach kids coding in a way that's fun for them, but true to the brand? 
Um, and I think that's kind of what we set out to do is what is our spin on digital creativity and how do we give it in a place where, you know, parents can feel like, hey, I'm going to give my kid this app and, you know, I never need them to leave, right? I can yeah. go to all sorts of different paths of creativity and have fun with it um, and through play. But then also at the same token, as a parent, it's from Crayola, so I trust it. That's the idea. I mean, we'll... You know, there's no advertising in it, and that's part of the, the reason that we chose the subscription model. Is I don't want a parent to ever have to question giving a kid this app. It should yeah. be just as trusted as a box of crayons or any toy that you buy from Crayola. Um, and so we're really careful to make sure that it is a wholesome experience that parents can feel good about, and that kids will have fun. In the day, if kids aren't having fun, then you've kind of lost the battle there, right? Yeah. So. When it's important too, because I feel like attention spans for children get shorter and shorter, and so having something that's technology that's engaging and creativity is kind of like the best of both worlds so as a parent i can say yes you can have screen time because it you're having fun but you're also doing a lot of the behaviors that i'd want you to do it's exactly that and that's part of the reason that uh, we built such a i guess a robust app experience because attention spans are fleeting and i know that you may want to do something for five minutes or ten minutes or you know you'll flip into the next thing but with this app you can flip in and out of different creative experiences and hopefully hopefully not be bored so thinking about your overall both marketing and product strategy how do you determine what technology that you should use and how you should think about what to deliver that's true to your brand but also pushes the brand forward yeah, so I think on the product side, one of the things that we always try to make sure is that we're not leveraging technology because it's cool or neat, uh, that it is always in service of the end experience that we want a kid to have. We want it to be enduring fun, um, and we want it to be you know, in service of a play pattern. So I'd say that's the biggest guardrail we have in terms of products we develop. From a marketing side, it really is about understanding kids' habits and where they are engaging, and then being open to testing and learning. And I think... You know, one of the fun things about being at Crayola is we're not afraid to try and test and learn and fail and move on quickly or scale up when yeah. it happens. And so um, literally, you know, we'll set aside a chunk of our budget every year that's just test and learn. But the idea is, uh, you know, I think when I came in, it was funny. Everyone says test and learn. And I was like, we're testing all these things, but we're never actually scaling any of them. We're just continuing to test. And so the shift that we've made is, you know, really look at those KPIs that we were talking about before, what worked. Yeah. Did we get conversions? Did we get click-throughs? Are we getting video complaints? What are the results that we're seeing? And then actually scale those up and continue to invest in the high test and learn. And so that's kind of the approach that we've taken from a digital perspective. I love that you said fail. Because I think that's one of the things that marketers sometimes forget about is that test and learn and iteration is all about some wins and some failures. How do you get people to embrace that concept that some of the stuff you're going to test isn't going to work the way you want it to? You know, I think that's just part of the expectation in the digital space. We're trying out new technologies, new partners all the time, and sometimes what we think might be the best idea, you know, I think we start out from the outset saying, hey, we don't know. We're going to test these eight things this year. Yeah. Some of them may work and some of them may not. And I think the idea is to always keep on searching and connecting with new ideas, new technologies or platforms in service of the mission and the goal. Yeah. Um, so we start from the outset declaring that we know some of these things will not work. This is my favorite question. If you look in the future and you think about mobile, not just mobile phones, but wearables, voice, et cetera, how do you see that shifting the landscape of marketing in general and then marketing for Crayola? You know, so I think uh, in, in a very similar way to, to what we talked about before with looking for technology that enables an end goal in an experience, 
I think when you think about the future of mobile and all the things that you just described, whether that's wearables, voice, et cetera, it's what's, what is the consumer going to value out of that, right? Mm -hmm. What's the content that we're going to be able to give them to engage them? And so I think if you have, if you understand your brand and your core vision from a content perspective and the value that you can deliver to a consumer, you can figure out how to fit that within all sorts of the different technologies that are going to be coming uh, and I really believe that at the end of the day, the technology should be in service of the goal that you're looking to mm. accomplish and how to engage consumers. I mean, you could have the coolest thing in the world, but you know, is it really delivering value? And does Crayola have a way to play that? Crayola is one of the most iconic brands that pretty much every child and parent knows, loves, and trusts. I can't even begin to tell you how much money I've spent on Crayola crayons and color wonder packets for my kids, nieces, and nephews. It's really just such a great brand, and talking to Josh was a wonderful experience. He's worked for some of the most well-known brands in the industry, and he really has a ton of information about how you should be thinking about your overall strategy. Now, let's get to my favorite part of the show where we take the education and apply it to your business. There are so many great insights from my conversation with Josh that can really help transform how you think about mobile marketing. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, we all know consumer expectations have changed and they're going to continue to evolve everyone. We have higher expectations as consumers from brands than ever before. And that means as marketers, we need to make sure we're constantly providing value to our customers in every single effort that we do. We can't continue to do what we've done for years in the past. We focus so heavily on selling or pushing our own agenda that we don't actually take a step back and ask what our customers really want from us. And that means even from our own marketing campaigns, it's not just the actual product or service that we're selling. What is the overall message we're trying to convey? We also can't rely on a single channel or even a couple of channels anymore to reach out to an audience. I know this might initially seem like a no-brainer concept and that's something that we all know, but how many of us are really surrounding our customers with consistent messaging across numerous channels in a well-coordinated approach? Or is it actually more haphazard when you start to think about it? Are you running campaigns across multiple channels like TV, direct mail, paid search, paid ads, etc., but you're not really coordinating or targeting specific individuals? We have to start connecting with customers on a one-to-one basis, and that means our marketing can't look disjointed. Think about how many times as a consumer, you get frustrated because you just purchased something online, yet you continue to see ads for that exact product all over the internet. Or you continue to get emails about how it's left in your cart, or here's a coupon for something that you just bought and didn't have a coupon for. It's super frustrating. I know that's a huge personal pet peeve for me, and I know I'm not the only one. And that's why it's so important to make sure we're not only providing value to our audience and every single thing that we do, but we're also well-coordinated in our efforts across every channel. And that means we have to work together. And I know this is hard because a lot of times channels and large organizations happen to be siloed. Email is its own team, mobile, social, it goes on and on. But we can't continue to operate as individual channels anymore and do our own thing and have these fights about attribution. We need to start working together. So if you don't have an opportunity with a leader that's kind of responsible for all channels, then take the opportunity and get everyone in a room and start having a conversation about how you can work together. Next, the challenge of screen time is real. I know all of us know that, but it's not just a concern that parents have regarding their children. Take a look at what Apple's done with the iPhone. I know I get a weekly push notification about my screen time usage from the previous week. 
And that's because we're all users just struggling to manage our screen time. And if you're like me, you get that weekly email and don't realize how much time got sucked into specific apps or how much time you're actually spending on your phone because you pick it up 40 times a day to check email. This means that when you're developing a digital product now, you have to take that into consideration. So let's take a look at an app. You need to make sure you're providing an experience that your users can feel good about when they use it. Take Crayola. Josh mentioned that they know technology isn't going away and kids enjoy it. So they're trying to create digital experiences that parents feel good about having their kids actually use. And since parents trust the Crayola brand, they're also just as likely to trust that digital experience from Crayola as long as it stays true to their brand. And that's exactly what Crayola is doing. So if you're going to be in the area of digital products, I really strongly suggest that you think about whether or not a user after using your app or your website is going to feel good about the time they spent on it. If you can say yes to that, that's a huge win. Finally, many of us are struggling with this idea of trying to balance targeting completely different audiences. And Crayola is a great example of this challenge. They have to target parents who may have multiple children of different ages, and they need to market to those parents differently based on child ages. They also have to think about how a child actually ages themselves. What you market to a parent with a five-year-old is different than a 12-year-old. And they also have the challenge of wanting to ensure that kids actually want to use their products. So they need to make sure that they have fun with their products in order to be truly successful. No brand is going to be successful if parents buy something and kids don't want to use it. And that's why Krill is really focused on unleashing that creativity. And I think it's such a great idea and such a strong message. Now, how do you balance differing audiences with usually or at least sometimes differing messages? Trust me, it's hard. I get it. I've been there. I'm not going to sugarcoat this and pretend like it's something easy because it's really not everyone. But it is, in fact, possible with the right strategy. And that means you have to clearly identify who you're targeting and who you're not. Just because you've decided to have more than one target persona, and many of us have done that, do not decide, and I repeat, do not decide to target everyone in the world. It's not going to be successful. There is no product out there that's really applicable to literally everyone. Don't believe that yours is. So once you've identified the two to three personas, then it's time to start developing messaging for each of them. And in some cases, you might notice that some of the messaging, while they're different personas, tends to overlap. And that's a great thing and can make your life actually a lot easier. After you've identified the personas, the messaging, you need to start thinking about which channels make the most sense for each persona. And if you think that all channels make sense for everyone, you are not doing your homework and it's seriously time to take a step back. You need to balance what message for each persona belongs on what channel. And that's where you're going to start to see results being driven. And I've seen numerous brands such as Crayola do this very successfully. I've also seen other brands fail miserably at it. It takes a lot of hard work and strategy, but you can do it effectively. Now, here's my mobile marketing challenge for the week. Conduct a review of your recent marketing campaigns. Let's say the ones you've launched in, how about the last six months? Are you providing value to your customers in these efforts? Or are you so focused on getting them to make a purchase that there's no value to any of the messages you're sending? If this happens to be solely focused on driving revenue, then it's time to think about incorporating a value component to your strategy. Now, you may not see the payoff immediately, but it's definitely going to impact your customer lifetime value and the affinity that customer has for your brand. I'm Stephanie Cox, and you've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until then, be sure to visit Limivate.com and subscribe to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile.